After Billy the Kid, John Wayne, The Marlboro Man, Too Many Country Songs to Name, and the whole pantheon of great Western movies, I find it hard, even impossible, to see the West without its pop culture cowboys. But the real cowboys, living, breathing, flesh and blood ranchers who still work with cattle, are dying out. Ranching just isn't the same game as it was 20 years ago. On the whole, ranchers are older, their operations less profitable, and the politics more complicated. Take, for example, Heidi Red, who runs Indian Creek Cattle Company outside of Moab, Utah. She's five foot two and clad head to toe in the denim befitting a Utah cattle woman. You know, the nice thing about um, being a cowboy is you don't have to wait for the weekend to live, to live every day. When it's 100 degrees and you feel like you're gonna melt, and when it's winter time, and it's so cold, your hands can hardly feel the rains. But without that, without that connection, you don't get it. In 1997, faced with the need to sell the ranch and afraid of development moving in, Heidi contacted the Nature Conservancy. The ranch is comprised of a 6,000 acre private inholding and almost 300,000 acres of Bureau of Land Management land. The Conservancy controls the federal grazing permit and leases to Heidi, who's able to continue living on the ranch and running cattle, as she has every day for the last 40 years. Once the president of the Utah Cattlemen's Association, Heidi is now at the intersection of traditional ranching and a shift towards conservation. The Nature Conservancy opened a field station on the Dugout Ranch. Here, scientist Barry Baker conducts research for the Nature Conservancy on ranching and climate change on the Colorado Plateau. Um, I was hired in 2009 by the Nature Conservancy to fulfill a, um, a dream at the Nature Conservancy's dugout ranch, which they viewed as a living laboratory. And the common vision is to bring science to inform management. But it's no secret that ranching has been hard on the landscape out here. So why did the Nature Conservancy, the world's wealthiest conservation organization, choose to keep cattle on 300,000 acres of public land? It's not like they need the profits from the ranch to stay in business. There are activities that are currently in place. That's a reality. And so part of what we're trying to do here at the Canyonlands Research Center is figure out a way to make that as sustainable as possible and to see the wonder of this place and then think about how we, as scientists, can actually help to preserve this place in the best way. And keeping in mind that, that there are people living in this landscape. Despite its new front as a Nature Conservancy Research Center, the wild, wild west is never far below the surface at the Dugout Ranch. It's kind of a hollowed ground in the Shrine of Americana. Now it's an homage to the cowboy, still giving Heidi biblical visions of stewardship. I walk in the footsteps of the ancient ones, the old cowboys that have been in this valley. So I do feel like it, it was my destiny to come here and try to shepherd it. But there are some very vocal anti-grazing advocates out there who would argue that it's not right that the Nature Conservancy keeps grazing cattle on their BLM allotments. This is what Barry has to say. The reason they're public lands is they're to provide some sort of service 
that is for the public good, um, and that public could be the whole society or it could be individuals that live in an area. This question of public lands, are they for a few or are they for everyone, is more relevant now than ever. You have to watch out for the romanticism of um, John Wayne and John Wayne is hard to kill. This is Dave Early. He's lived in southern Utah for over 21 years and is now the mayor of a small town, Castle Valley. Dave is a self-described cow cop who spends a lot of time out on the range documenting trampled springs, degraded riparian areas, and other negative impacts from cattle. I work for the Grand Canyon Trust Utah Forest Program. It's a very difficult situation. We've had probably 100, 140 years of intensive use of the range in Utah. In Dave's opinion, the Forest Service and Bureau of Land Management aren't even enforcing their official policies. The damage to the landscape then becomes a local problem. My job is basically, first of all, to let the ranchers and the permittees know that someone besides the Forest Service is out there watching them. Cattle tend to dry out a landscape. It's our obligation to make our communities resilient to climate change. A report came out in late 2012 called Adapting to Climate Change on Western Public Lands, Addressing the Ecological Effects of Domestic, Wild, and Feral Ungulates. The study singles out domestic ungulates, referring to livestock, and in particular cows, as a huge stressor on ecosystems. Because cattle grazing is ubiquitous on public lands, the authors recommend that management actions for ecological restoration need to be accomplished as soon as possible and at landscape scale. They call it a no-regrets adaptation strategy. The way I look at this is private land is private land, and we don't really have business there. But public land is public land. Whether it be National Forest, BLM, National Park Service, it's public land. Officially, all this land is multiple use, but a lot of it is dominated by livestock grazing. Almost 300 million acres, in fact. That's equal to the area of three Californias. Dave thinks we should reconsider our priorities. I put the health of the land and climate change resiliency at the top. And then to me, whether it's recreation, environmentalism, conservation, ranching, hunting, all those other uses are just another use that depends on that health of that ecosystem. Well, Heidi Red might not be regret-free about removing or reducing livestock on public lands, Given the dynamic of climate change, we as the American people have a lot of thinking to do. It's going to require folks to think more about the society they live in and less about their individual self. It's not about us, it's about our children, it's about future generations and what we leave behind to them. We want so much out of our public lands. Recreation, aesthetic beauty, wildlife, the myth of the cowboy, but when traditional uses threaten ecosystem health, it seems like it's time to ask the question, do we want ranching or resiliency? Preserving both seems to be a tall order. For National Public Lands Radio, I'm Claire Martini.